When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to In Search Of. We're your host, Ashton and Sam. We're two accountants who binge podcasts by day and TV by night. Keep listening to find what you've been in search of. Hey, Ashton. Hi, Sam. What's up? Long time. I mean, I was about to say long time no see, but I, I yeah. literally talked to you like every day this past week, but podcast wise, this is yeah. long time no see. Yeah, we're back. And we had a hiatus, but we're back. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Goodbye to 2021. Hello. Yeah. 2022. Yeah. We're. Thank God. Yeah. We're hopefully starting the new year on a better foot than we ended last year. Yes. Yeah. So we've kind of been out of commission because life and work, I forgot Mm -hmm. how crazy work Mm -hmm. gets in January. So we're just drowning in all things accounting, but that's not why you're here. If you are here listening to us, (laughs) to not hear us talk about accounting. Yeah. Um, I'm sure the uh, two listeners we have, are really waiting for our next Actually, I think we have like 30. We have 30. Like Like recurring. Yeah. So we're, wow. Yeah. To our 30 listeners. Thank you for Showing up every single time. And that's why we came back because this month as accountants is like not fun. And we're like, you know what? We need to give podcasting another shot because. Yes. Because we want. We don't like it. Yeah. We want a way out. So maybe one day this can be our full-time job, which would be amazing. But anyway, so today we're doing hometown. Yeah. Um, So we've got, I guess the TV show is based, or the TV show we're going to do is um, based here in, I guess, technically Brentwood, Tennessee, Mm -hmm. and we live in Nashville. And then I'm from Louisiana, so I've got a Louisiana story. And then, um, Sam, you're like from Texas and Chicago a little bit. Yeah, I would say I'm from Chicago. I wouldn't ever really say that I'm from Texas. I lived in Texas for a while, and I really tried to find a Chicago story. And there just was not one that I wanted to do, which I mm-hmm. couldn't believe that I couldn't find one because so much happens in Chicago. A lot happens in um, Chicago. But I, I'm excited about this Texas one. It's called Tom Brown's Body. It's really good. Yeah, it's a so. good one. It's a good one. Yeah. So we've got um, our TV show, our documentary, I guess, is yeah. The Way Down. So that's like a doco, doc, doco ser- docu-series? docu-series. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that happened in Brentwood, and then I'm doing Gone South, which happened in South Louisiana, um, and then you've got Texas, I mean, you've got Tom Brown's Body, which happened 
where like outside of dallas canadian texas so it's like the panhandle like the top little thing that sticks up okay Um, okay yeah and then i i try to save things to talk to sam about so we don't talk about everything um before this point (laughs) but i was gonna say some shows that i am watching is um i started entourage which i think you said you do watch that no. You have? You have never watched it? Okay. No. I thought you might have watched it, but the reason why I bring it up is because one of our recent episodes we did was Clickbait, which had Adrian Grenier. Whatever. Yeah, and he's in Entourage, so that's been like a good, like, it's kind of just happy, silly show yeah. that I've been watching. Um, and then we cheer the season two of mm-hmm. Cheers back on. So did you start that? I did. It yeah, takes it starts- me... I mean, this season is very different. There's so much happening yeah, this season, I know. but it takes me back to my competitive dance days because like, yes. we went to nationals and it mm-hmm. was like the countdown to nationals. And I mean, obviously it was not as like physical as like this year <laughs> is, um, yeah. but yeah, like the, the competition side of it. Um, yeah. This season's been interesting. I it's heavy. It. Me neither. I've only like watched a little bit of the first episode or whatever, but it's definitely on a heavier note. It's not as like, um, the last one, I just remember they were also like giddy and happy. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So some things have happened there. But I did watch that. And then I also, Sam and I kind of talked about this off the podcast, but Righteous Gemstones, which oh, yeah. I don't know if you had started that yet, but that's also like a, we've been in a mood for like happy, funny TV. Mm. Um, so yeah, Entourage and um, Righteous Gemstones have been like our happy uh, funny. So if you, if you don't want to do our recommendations of dark, uh, crime, <laughs> those are some like happy ones that you can do, but that's probably, you wouldn't come here for that. So yeah, you might, yeah, yeah you might not even take those recommendations, but yeah, I've been watching two things cheer. And, um, I, I think I'll save this conversation for our next episode, but, okay. um, dope sick, um, yes. I finished not too long ago, which is really good. Although it's not a happy go lucky, uh, type of show, mm-hmm. but it um, goes with our next episode. So that's yes. good. And then I also started, which you recommended to me, uh, Marcella. Yeah. It. Marcella is so good. Yeah. So I'm not very far into it, but yeah. Marcella is so good. So, so I'm like a big fan of like UK TV mm-hmm. and that is like a great, I could go, I have like a full list of UK TV that. I can recommend. So maybe yeah. we'll save that for uh, another day. Maybe we can do like a UK based. Yeah. But and abroad. They have, yeah. They have some good stuff, but um, we, di- we digress. So, yeah. okay. <clears throat> we'll start with the way down, which we want to take a field trip out to the way down. So that, yeah. Okay. Backstory. Cause you're probably like, if you've never heard of that, you're like, what the heck is the way down? So it was a church. It's a church in Brentwood. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember the lady's name. It's a weird Gwen name. Shamblin. Yeah. Okay. I remember it was like a strange name. So yeah. she started a church that somehow like incorporated weight loss. Yes. Like Yeah. Because like the way down, treatments. it's like way is spelled like W-E-I-G-H. Like it's like mm-hmm. play on words. And it was like, they like brainwashed people into like yeah. losing weight and like being on this like health journey as part mm-hmm. of their preaching pre- like I don't know it's it's a weird it's weird how they kind of made it all work but it's basically yes. I mean it was like a massive church that 
this woman, Gwen, was the um, pastor of, but she mm-hmm. also did like losing weight classes. And I actually know someone who's from Brentwood who remembers like the kids in that church. Mm-hmm. She remembers like seeing them at school and like they could only eat within, oh, the whole thing was like you could only eat when you were like hungry and the whole thing was like you didn't um you weren't worried about eating or like anything like that because you were worried about like serving god and like so that's kind of how i think they made it play it was like god will tell you when you're hungry and then all the other time that you would spend like i don't know like i guess overeating (laughs) you're spending with god instead yeah Um, so and, like it's like selfish for you to like give in to your like cravings and stuff and yes exactly um, exactly um yeah. and so yeah I remember her telling me that she had like kids that she remember seeing like doing Gosh. this yeah which is crazy but anyway so she um I forgot how she kind of got started but she I don't I don't know how she even she wrote a book maybe or something something yeah i mean the way down i think is like the title of her book okay also the title of her yeah documentary but basically i mean it was like a cult so it was like just this huge money um driven like business i don't know but a lot of people they they also had like um which I guess I feel like this kind of happens in cults, but like there's a very power driven. um, So they, it it almost led to like people, like the kid, like the way they raised their kids, like it was almost leading into like a physical abusive thing of like, this is how you have to treat your kids. And like the woman, it was like a very traditional um, way of looking at life. And like the woman, had to stay home with the kids and they disciplined really hard. It just like things kind of got way out of hand, which I feel like always happens with cults. But yeah, it was, uh, I don't know. It's a crazy, crazy story. It's definitely like some, I mean, any of you live here in town, it's just insane to know like all of this happens like 30 minutes down the street. Yeah. And there were, I, I don't know why the number three is sticking out in my head, but there were multiple like children deaths. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um that they believe Mm -hmm. really came from like these people trying to uphold the values of this church Mm -hmm. and um so yeah it's it was like deadly um Mm -hmm. and I mean the first like like episode or so of the show I was like kind of laughing because like I mean honestly it's kind of funny like she looks pretty like comical with like her hair oh her and hair stuff. yes and it's her like hair oh, is it's kind of funny and then it like gets dark very quickly and you're like oh my gosh mm-hmm. so yeah it yeah, takes a dark turn like but 20 minutes from us yeah but it's a good show it's definitely yeah. interesting if you just want to be like mind blown by how it just grows so big oh and okay we're missing like a huge point she dies in a plane crash yes and her um son-in-law dies and her husband Mm -hmm. and yeah because there was some corruption like they started they started getting investigated by the i don't know was it like tax evasion or what was it that they were doing i can't remember yeah um but people, some people think they think like they, they 
crashed the plane on purpose because I don't know, like the walls were closing in on them. Mm-hmm. But the church is still up. I think the daughter took it over. Yeah. So keep an eye on our Instagram because we might take a field trip <laughs> and go see it in person. We really want to go see it in person. Yeah, we do. But there's a, a second, there's going to be a second season of the okay. documentary Ooh, because it up. leaves off like with the plane crash because the the documentary was filmed, I don't know how much in advance of the plane mm-hmm. crash and then the plane mm-hmm. crash happens and they're like, oh, we need to like follow this. Um, so there's yeah. going to be a part two. I don't know when, but. Yeah, it's a good story. It's, yeah. it's crazy, but okay. I don't know. I feel like we've rambled long enough on <laughs> the yeah, way people down. Are like, okay, get to the point. Yeah, we got it. We got it. Okay, we'll move on to our podcast. So we've got Gone South and Tom Brown's Body. Um, so yeah, if you don't want any spoilers, I guess stop now. And if you do go listen to them, reminder, tell them we sent you and subscribe, follow, you know, whatever. And if you want to subscribe and follow us, please do. Um, okay. So I've got Gone South. Uh, this is a podcast by C13 Originals and the host is Jed Lipinski and Jed also, he produced, um, The Pharmacist. I don't know, Sam, if you've seen that. It's on Netflix. It's like about the opioid addic- op- opioids addiction oh. in New Orleans. Oh, okay. um, like this guy's this um, guy's son, I think he's a pharmacist. His son gets killed like in a um, I think like a drug transaction of like he was he was addicted to opioids, mm-hmm. um, and so the pharmacist, you know, tries to track down like okay, why did, how did this happen to my son? Why did he, how did he get caught up in this? Well, the, the guy being a pharmacist starts to realize that like, oh my gosh, we're just like handing these out. So just this whole story on um, the, you know, the rise of the opioid, op- why do I struggle with that word? Opioid addiction in New Orleans, which, I mean, it happens a lot of places, but New Orleans was a place that it really hit. Um, so anyways, he also did that, which was really good. I really enjoyed that. I always like finding things that um, are based in Louisiana just because, mm-hmm. you know, it's just interesting. Um, but this this crime happened in 1990, 1987, and it happened in Mandeville, Louisiana. And in the podcast, the guy references um, like St. Tammany Parish in Louisiana has parishes, which is like counties anywhere else. But he just kind of references it as St. Tammany because um the stories he tells kind of like takes place in like Slidell, Covington, Mandeville, which are all these places that are north of New Orleans. And so you'll hear that referenced a lot throughout the podcast. And the um victim in the story was Margaret Margaret Kuhn. So the way the podcast like starts off is it tells us also it tells us like crazy story of like this unrelated crime, but it's trying to set the scene of like Everybody would escape New Orleans and go to St. Tammany Parish, like Mandeville, because it was supposed to be like the safe area, whereas New Orleans was crime ridden, whatever. <clears throat> so he's trying to like set the set the scene that like, okay, this place isn't as safe as everybody claimed it to be back in the 80s. Um, so Margaret Kuhn, I just want to like do a little backstory on her, which I really was like. I, I think being like a woman and working in, in the corporate 
America, whatever. I thought it was her story was really cool, especially back in the eighties. So she was a go her like with everything you were talking about. I was like, heck yeah. Mm -hmm. She was a badass. So she was a former assistant DA, and at the time, I think she was the only female um, assistant DA like in St. Tammany Parish. Um, She specialized in sex crimes and crimes against children. So she was definitely out there doing like the good work to put the bad, you know, bad guys away. Um, She graduated from LSU law school, which was cool because I went to LSU and she was like one of 10 um, girls in her law class at the time, which I thought was also a very, um, she started off as like a teacher and then was like, no, I want to go to law school. So she, you know, made her way to law school. And she, it said she faced like a lot of sexism, like from her teachers, because she was just like pretty blonde. And they're like, no, you should be in Hollywood. She's like, no, I want to be a lawyer. So I just thought she was a very cool um, character. I just thought, I mean, I guess she's not a character, but she's like, her story was just really cool to me. Um, And there was one story where she had like a case, like a trial, and she wore like a pantsuit and um the guy was like i don't know if i'm gonna be able to listen like the judge was like i don't know if i'm gonna be able to listen to your story because you're wearing a pantsuit and like she apparently just like ate him alive and he ended up listening to a story and then she won the case so she just was i don't know she just kind of did it all like she was pretty she not that that really matters but you know back then in the 80s had like the blonde hair this pretty girl who was really smart and didn't take any shit from anybody. Um, So moving on from Margaret, but uh, they kind of go into like the night before she was murdered. And like, there's this weird golf story where apparently, so she lived in the neighborhood called Beauchene, which is in Mandeville. And it was supposed to be this like very like popular neighborhood that was a gated community with like a golf um, course. And there was like condos and houses and all this stuff. <clears throat> and the night before, apparently, there was, like, this golf attack where, like, the there was a, um, what do you call them, the guy, the kids who work at, like, a golf the, place? Um, like, Sorry, I need water. <laughs> um, um, oh, my gosh. What are they called? What? Anyways, they, they're, like, they get the golf carts together, and they do yeah. all the things at the golf course. Um, but they said but that there was a caddy. Right. I guess that's a caddy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, so they said, like, somebody was, like, throwing golf balls at them, like, enough to where they could really be hurt. I don't know. It's just a weird story. But I guess it mattered because the next day, literally, Margaret was murdered. So in the early morning, she was found lying on the street with her dog, like, guarding her body, which was really sad. She would go, like, on runs with her dog, like, early morning. And so... They assumed, you know, she was probably out for a run with her dog, and she was found, and they thought she had been, like, hit by a car, um, but then they realized she had been stabbed with, like, a uh, seven-inch knife, I believe, but the freaking fire department, when they got there, because the dog, her dog would not, like, leave her body, they sprayed the dog with um, a fire extinguisher, and, like, contaminated the whole crime scene which was so dumb and then like all I mean it was a big deal because that happened and then like all the neighbors in the neighborhood were like around the crime scene so they just weren't able to get a lot of evidence from the crime scene 
but I feel like back then, like they just didn't know, like, I don't know. You just, when you hear stories from like the eighties and seventies or whatever and crime would happen, you're just like, Oh my God, that was so stupid. Yeah. They don't preserve things for DNA and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it was just very strange because it like occurred on a busy street. There was no eyewitnesses. Um, so it just was like odd that no, like no one saw anything happen. So, um, he, you know, sets the scene. Okay. St. Tammany parish is supposed to be very safe. Everyone will leave New Orleans, come here. Um, Margaret Poon is like this former assistant DA and she gets murdered in her nice, um, fancy neighborhood. So he kind of lays that out. And then he like the rest of the podcast, he goes into suspects. So there's like lots of episodes and they have a lot. I mean, it's still on, it's not solved to this day. So they have lots of people. So the, the rest of the story, I'm just going to kind of go through, like, who he suspected or who they suspect um, and who was, like, interviewed, whatever. So they start off with, like, her ex-husband, um, Bernard, and he, I guess, had been, like, ment- they were divorced, and he had been, like, mentally and verbally abusive to her. And he kind of had, like, a sketchy alibi, but I guess they, like, accepted it. He apparently was in Lafayette, which is, like two hours from New Orleans, like, eating at a cafeteria and was able to recite, like, what they had for food in the cafeteria that day. Um, So, apparently, they took that as an alibi. But he, um, I think, was very sad and, like, upset by what happened. So, I think they ultimately just, like, didn't think he did it. And there just wasn't enough, like, they couldn't tie him to anything. So, he was interviewed, but then later, like, um, not, like, I don't know what the word is, but not a suspect anymore. So then they interview her boyfriend at the time. His name was Jay Fagan. He was actually with her the night before. Um, and his alibi was sketchy too. Like he says he was with his estranged wife, estranged wife, and she says he was with him. So that was kind of weird. Um, they also interviewed his, um, estranged wife too, like thinking like maybe she had something to do with it, but they really just didn't have enough evidence. Um, they also like questioned the boyfriend about Margaret's, um, sexuality, which I'll kind of talk about later, but, um, they just, they had had an interview with Jay like two years after the crime. So they just learned a little bit more about Margaret. And so that was something they had brought up, but Again, we'll come back to that point later. Uh, so they moved on from the people, like, closest in her, um, you know, like, ex-husband, boyfriend. So they were like, okay, what about people she had prosecuted? So they were like, okay, maybe, like, revenge motive, whatever. So there was this guy named Charles Moulet, um, and he was a cop from Slidell, and he specialized in undercover, like, crime, um, and, or I guess he was not crime, but he was in charge of being undercover to like solve crime, whatever. And he was in charge of sexual offenses. Well, in 1985, he was charged with sexually abusing four girls. He was pretending to like counsel. And again, they kind of go into this whole thing of like St. Tammany Parish is supposed to be safe and all these things. And like a cop is abusing girls. Um, and so right before he was, set to go to trial and she was going to prosecute him he disappeared um and this was in 1985 and then he was still missing when she was murdered so they were like okay did he did he do it but then 
they were like, why would he come? Like, he's been hiding for two years. Like, why would he come out of hiding to come kill her and then go back? Like, why would he risk getting caught? Um, so they eventually found him living in Florida. They didn't know, like, where he was the night of the murder. But, again, there was, like, no evidence to tie him to it. So he was um, scratched off the list. They, um, another suspect was a stalker that they interviewed. Um, his name was Greg Rodriguez. Rodriguez. How do I say? Rodriguez. Why? I feel like I cannot speak today. So forgive me. Anyways, he was interviewed, but again, no physical evidence. And um, he had a lot of like mental health issues and delusions. And so they're like, okay, this guy's wacky. Like, I think he's just like talking just to talk. Um, and so for a long time, they just couldn't find anybody. Eventually, the FBI did, like, a criminal profile, and I really find these, like, so interesting, and I think they're, like, so important. Um, I don't know. I just think they can, like, answer so many questions, but they thought that it was a woman who was out for revenge. Um, There was another profile done by um, the dad, Margaret's dad. And this profiler found, I think it was, like, an ex-FBI person who did it, but this person found that um, the, they thought the attack was personal, that they, like, the, the um, suspect, like, found, like, they were, what, what am I trying to say? Like, they were portrayed. So, like, they were coming after her because they felt portrayed. Um, they thought she was a white female, resided in the area, and knew the victim, like, casually. So, that was kind of, like, what that person um, found, which was pretty similar to what the FBI found um they were also familiar with that victim's habits so like they would have known she was out running with her dog um and so at the same time like that that profile was put together there was another suspect that the dad and his um he hired like a lawyer i think who did like divorce law but i guess just she was interested in the case and was going to help him out so she um, thought that this other, they, she had thought there was someone else that could have done it that fit this profile. And it was a neighbor. Her name was Judy Edwards. And she had lived like across the street from Margaret and wanted to write a book on Margaret, um, which I thought was kind of strange because she like got way too invested in the case. Like it was almost like, you know, like when a killer, like they want to stay close to the case. So that's kind of what they were thinking she was doing. Um, But she was married to a local judge and Margaret didn't like them. Like she hated them because I think the judge would, um, I think he just was had said some rude things to her. I don't know. There was something between them. Well, Judy was like started jogging with Margaret um, and it just got really creepy. Like she just almost became obsessed with Margaret and like things she was doing and she thought her husband and Margaret were having an affair, but everybody was like, no, like Margaret hates her husband. Like she doesn't like either of y'all. Um, and so, but what was weird was like Judy got access to like all the evidence because her husband was a judge. Um, and so it just was weird because it was like, she was so, I don't know. And then also one of the friends who like of Margaret's who I think took her dog um, said that when, Judy had come over to like talk about all this like stuff because she was trying to write the book. The dog just like sat there and stared at Judy and she just found that like really weird. Um, but apparently the cops had like interviewed Judy and just like dismissed, dismissed it. 
And um, they also just didn't think that this lawyer was very credible because they were like, you're a divorce lawyer. Like, you don't know anything about crime, whatever. So they, I don't know. She thought it was a very good lead, but the cops did not. So kind of going back to like Margaret's like uh, sexual life or whatever, which I don't, I don't know. I struggle with this sometimes because I'm like, I'm like, okay, is this just the way, I don't know. Sometimes I just was kind of like, they were like, oh, she had this double life. But I guess back in the 80s, things were just like different, you know, so. Um, But apparently she hung out at like a lesbian bar in New Orleans called Charlene's. And that's like what her dog's name was. But everybody in her life said that she kept like a lot of things very secret. So they just didn't, there was like some people in her life who knew that side of her. And then a lot of people in her life who didn't. So they said she had those like double life. Um, But people felt like the police didn't explore this side like very much because I guess, you know, back in the eighties, it was different. They wanted to like maybe respect her privacy or maybe they didn't feel comfortable. Like, I don't know who knows what, why they didn't do that. Um, But there was like a lot of, um, I guess, speculation that it could have been like an ex-lover, like an ex-girlfriend. Some people even said that it could have been like a suicidal crime that like she was so torn with her double life that she just like didn't want to do it anymore but I don't I don't think that was really sound like her to me like she's so like upfront and like I don't know I I didn't imagine that Mm -mm. me neither so finally the last suspect I like condensed like a lot of information (laughs) (laughs) it's the podcast is good but they there's literally like a story for each suspect um which is great if you're just like driving or just need something in the background but when you're trying to do like a quick like review (laughs) yes I literally I told Sam I literally felt like I did a book report but (laughs) finally the last suspect was Patricia Curry and this woman was crazy crazy absolutely crazy so she her most recent crime um she came into her lawyer's office and like threatened to kill him Oh my God, he that like, phone call, they had, I like, know. the phone call, and he was like, um, I have a client, she has a gun pointed at me, and he was yes. just, like, so calm, and I he's know. like, Miss Curry, how old are you? <laughs> like, oh my God, I can't imagine. And also, she, he was, um, he was her lawyer because she wasn't paying her, like, HOA fees, and, like, it was this whole thing, it was <laughs> so weird. I don't, uh, yeah, Patricia Curry, very strange, um, but she her daughter so basically her daughter believes that her mom killed margaret and like she her poor daughter like um patricia curry was like abusive to her daughter and just like had a lot of like just did not get along with a lot of people but um margaret was killed right across from patricia's house and so there was a couple of rumors like that um Patricia, so the first kind of, like, speculation was that Patricia's ex-girlfriend, uh, I guess, mistakenly killed her, thinking it was, like, Patricia's new girlfriend, uh, so that was, like, one thing, because they kind of looked alike, but that wasn't that, they interviewed the ex-girlfriend, they were like, no, I don't think she was involved, um, and then, and also, it was so sad, because the two, um, two detectives or a cop or whatever were like driving up to North Louisiana to interview the ex-girlfriend and they ran a red light. Do you remember that story? They ran a red light and hit 
a car and killed somebody in the car. Yes. And then the, one of the detective ended up dying from his injuries from the car wreck. And he um, was a detective who like kept everything in his head, like all the notes. So literally all the notes from this case were in his head and he died. Yeah. 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 So I thought that was just a crazy story and who they killed ended up being the ex-girlfriend's like neighbor. So it was just this insane story. Yeah. But, um, so there was a rumor or I guess, I don't know. I guess a rumor. Yeah. That Patricia hired a hitman to kill Margaret because she was like mad at Margaret. They don't, they could never really come up with a reason like why she would be mad at Margaret. But like Patricia was mad at everybody all the time. Just like had a lot of issues with a lot of people. Um, they didn't know if, like, maybe they had been, like, ex-lovers. They didn't know, like, if um, they had gotten in a fight. I, who, they just didn't know, like, what the reason was. But apparently, like, that night, Patricia had dinner in Baton Rouge. It was, like, an hour from New Orleans. And so she, like, made sure to have an alibi. Like, she made sure to get a receipt. And, like, her girlfriend at the time just, like, explained her... Um, like actions that night and just said it was super strange and like she made sure like that she was okay you have to leave and you need to come meet me and you need to bring the phone and like she had all these things um and so that's basically kind of where they leave it off and like even jed i think is that how you pronounce his name i can't remember his name jed yeah jed he basically at the end of the podcast is like i think patricia did it um so yeah i mean it kind of just leaves it open-ended but Mm -hmm. It's a good, I mean, if me being from Louisiana and like living here in Nashville, I really love the story because it kind of like brought me home of mm-hmm. like the Cajun accents and just like, it just was so familiar to me. Um, so I loved it. So like, if you're not, you know, reside, if you're from Louisiana and you're not residing there, it's like a great podcast because it just kind of brought me home, even though it's like not a good story, but, um, because someone dies, but, um, it's it's definitely interesting and he definitely has like a good storytelling like i mean he's got a story for every single suspect but it is like a long podcast so yeah but it like kept my attention like yeah i mean someone who's not from louisiana who doesn't have like that kind of connection to Mm -hmm. it just because it's you know a place that you know or or have heard of and Mm -hmm. i still thought it was really interesting it it's a crazy story and like the people mm-hmm. involved are wild. So. Yeah. And also I forgot to mention my, my um, husband's aunt lives in Mandeville and I think she might even live in Boshan or near Boshan. And oh. she, I remember her talking about like some of the things like disagreeing with what some of the things he said. Really? Uh, and I need to talk to her and ask her just like her opinion on it. Yeah. Um, and like just some things where they were like, Oh, he got it wrong. Like this mm-hmm. is, it's, it's not like that. It's like this or whatever, but um, I need to ask her, but yeah. So, I mean, it definitely hits very close to home for me just having family literally living there and yeah. going, going to school where she went to school um, and just being, familiar with the area but it's a good story even you know like sam said if you're not from louisiana or anything like that but um yeah he does a good job and i loved the pharmacist was a really great story too so a plus to the pharmacist yeah yeah watch it watch Watch it it. yeah it's a show okay yeah yeah but jed he does a good job so he does 
Oh my God, I'm like lightheaded. That was a lot of talking. <laughs> well, now you can just rest and listen. Is, um, I'll talk about Tom Brown's body. Um, so Canadian Texas, where this takes place, is not really near where I lived. I lived like a little bit north of Dallas. Okay. And Canadian is like way north. Um, mm-hmm. But um, Tom Brown's body was produced by Texas Monthly. Um, in 2020, and the host is Skip Hollinsworth, and I love his voice. Like, if really? you were to, like, ask me or ask anyone, I think, like, what do you imagine a Texas man sounds like? <laughs> it, to me, mm-hmm. it's, like, him. Um, mm-hmm. So I really like his voice and, like, storytelling. Um, so, I mean, this is kind of like yours in, like, where it leaves. It's, like, not, like, fully wrapped up. Like, yeah, there's it's pretty an, open-ended. Yeah, like, there's, um, you know, an idea and, like, a suspicion, but you, they don't really know. So, Mm-mm. Tom Brown was a high schooler in Canadian Texas, and he was a pretty popular kid. He had been on the football team and was class president. He was just a good kid. He was well-liked. Like they interviewed his classmates and his friends and they said, you know, he just made everyone laugh and everyone really liked him. And he seemed like a pretty normal kid. Um, And so in 2016, the night before Thanksgiving, he was out driving with some of his friends. And I mean, that was something they did pretty often. And they, there was even like a route that they called Tom's loop that Mm -hmm. they would drive. um, And he's from like a, that's a small town. Yeah. Canadian is a small town. Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up in a very small town and like, we would literally like go to the Sonic. Like, I mean, so there's, there's just not much to do, you know? So like them having like a drive, like it makes sense, you know? Yes. Like that is just what there is to do. You do. And yeah, small towns. sit in a parking lot and then sometimes you drive around. I said small towns. I mean, small towns. Small towns. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so he had been driving with a couple of his friends, like kind of normal. And it was the night before Thanksgiving and he had told, you know, one of his friends like, oh, we'll meet up tomorrow. Um, and then they kind of took off, like went their separate ways, but Tom never came home. So he was like being a good kid. He had like his midnight curfew and he would almost always be home at midnight. And if he wasn't, he would text his parents and say like, hey, I'm getting up getting something to eat or like, I'm going to be a little bit late. Um, but he, you know, they didn't hear from him and he didn't show up. So it was his mom, you know, who really kind of started searching for him. And so the next day his car was found abandoned near a water plant, um, kind of like on the outside of town. And there were shoe prints like right outside the car door, like someone had stepped out of the car And there was, like, a little bit of dried blood on the inside of the car door, but, like, not any, not in an amount that seemed like there was, like, a serious injury or anything. Like, yeah, Um, like, to lead to, like, a major crime scene or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Like the crime had taken place there or something. Yeah, they said, like, it could have been, like, a paper cut or something. Yeah, yeah. And there was a shell casing on the floorboard of his car, but, like, there was no other evidence in the car or outside of the car that looked like there was a gunshot. And I mean, like in Texas, like people have guns, like, I mean, it's Mm -hmm. like, it's not that unusual. 
to find so, something like that. Yeah. 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 And so they were looking at security footage um, from the evening and they saw his car was being driven around in like the really early morning of Thanksgiving and it stopped at the water plant, but like the video doesn't show anyone getting out of the car. They just show it stopping. So um, the, the Canadian Texas sheriff was named Nathan Lewis and he took the case and he was like, this was my first like missing person's case. Like this type of stuff doesn't happen in our town. So he was inexperienced, but um, he first interviewed Tom's mom. Her name is Penny. And I don't, I don't know. I don't like her. Well, I don't know if I should say I should, I don't like her, but like, the way she like responded to things was kind of weird to me because yeah, she and you kind of go and there's like other speculation around her too, but I'll let you, yeah. I'm curious yeah. to see kind of like what you think on that, but yeah. Yeah. So first she was like, Oh, maybe he committed suicide because my dad, so Penny's dad um, also committed suicide and it like ran in the family, like the mental health struggles. Mm-hmm. And then within like the same conversation, she says, Oh, well, I bet actually he ran off to a wrestling school because he always said he was going to get out of here and go wrestle. And then she's like, well, no, actually maybe he's just like in hiding and he'll like come out. It's like, how do you have like all of these theories? Like right up. I don't know. Um, and like the way she was talking, she just didn't seem upset. And like, I know like in crime junkie, they're like, um, you know, you never know people, how you're going to react yeah, to this type of news. Yeah, people grieve differently, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I understand that, but it just seemed a little bit odd to me. So, <laughs> Sheriff Lewis interviews her, and then he goes and interviews um, Tom's ex-girlfriend, like, recently, within the month, ex-girlfriend, which is kind of, like, one of the things where they're like, where was Tom's mind? Because he had broken off his relationship with his girlfriend. Um, her name was Sage. And he also quit the football team, like, the month before. So, Sheriff Lewis interviews Sage. And, I mean, the big thing that comes out of their conversation is she says that Tom had just confided in her that he was wearing, like, adult diapers. Like, he had, like, a weird fetish, I guess. Um, And so, Sheriff Lewis went back to Penny and said, hey, did you know about this? Like, Sage just told me about this. And Penny, like, flips out. She gets pissed off. And she doesn't like that Sheriff Lewis is, like, kind of hinting at she thinks that he's kind of spinning this as like there's something wrong with Tom and like he's Mm -hmm. weirdo or whatever and she doesn't like that Um, which it does suck though because it's like when stuff happens like when somebody dies like they have to pull up and like dig through their past and yeah and so it's like sometimes um things come up that you know, it could be totally unrelated, and it's yeah, just I hard. Yeah, I totally get her being defensive and being yeah, like, mm-hmm. don't take this one thing mm-hmm. about my son. Like, we all have, like, weird things about us. Like, mm-hmm. we're all weird. And and that's kind of how I felt with Margaret was, like, I felt like they had to – it was just, like, the way they had to, like, dig through her um, – Like, her sexuality, you know, like, and they brought yeah, that in. Yeah, and it's, like, at something. the end of the day, that's, like, that should be nothing. But, like, yeah. I get why they had to, like – go down that road mm-hmm. to see like who I don't know but yes yeah, like I get it it just sucks like when that stuff happens and yeah. they have to dig up the dirt and yeah 
Yeah. So. Yeah. So that understandably makes her mad and she Mm -hmm. turns around and hires a private investigator and his name is Philip Klein and he is like this hot shot. He helped find, was it Olivia Newton-John's boyfriend that like ran off and vanished? Like some like D-list celebrity boyfriend (laughs) like went missing and he found him. And he's like, I don't like him either. So I don't like Penny. Yeah. I don't like him. Um, and he's I didn't like, like the cop either, too. Sheriff Lewis. Yeah, 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 I didn't like yeah. him either. So there's a lot of people in the story who probably are just going to get under your skin. But, yeah. you know. Yeah, and he was just very full of himself. And, mm-hmm. like, he was like, oh, yeah, I found this person, this person. And, like, I mean, yes, if you're trying to, like, prove your credentials and, like, you know what you're talking about, like, you're going to, yeah. I guess, say, like, what you've done in the past. But... I don't know. He was just very, he was very cocky. Yes. Yes. Um, so he comes in and he really, start, he's like grilling Tom's friends. Um, but they really, I mean, their stories check out. Um, they don't really know anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but the next kind of break in the case is they find Tom's backpack and it was sitting like perfectly upright. Um, uh, I think it was not far from, um, his, truck his car yeah yeah um and then after the backpack klein uh got a call from a girl who had overheard that tom's body was on the same road as the backpack so they put together a search and they don't find tom's body but they find his phone and it's in like pristine condition and there had been snow or not snow but rain um and like there's no way that the phone had been sitting there the entire time so Uh he was like this had to have been planted and the only people that knew where the search was going to be conducted was law enforcement so now klein is looking at sheriff lewis which he didn't like him they didn't like each other to begin with yeah because sheriff sheriff lewis was kind of offended that like someone else was coming in to like do his job and Klein didn't like Lewis because he thought he wasn't doing a good job and he was suspicious. And so he thought Lewis had something to do with the foam that was planted. But the other thing that like tied to the phone was that Penny, Tom's mom, had asked Tom's friend's mom what the passcode to Tom's phone was after he had gone missing. So they're like, okay, if Penny had his phone last and then it shows up, like, was she the one who planted it? And now maybe she's somehow in like colluding with the law enforcement. So it's all just very weird. Um, the, the one thing that they found on his phone was that the night that he went missing, um, he searched for the suicide hotline um, and it didn't. Oh, look, I don't remember that. Point. Yeah, it didn't look like he made a call to them, but he did search it. Um, so, another kind of theory that Klein had and why he didn't like um, Lewis was that there were rumors that Tom and Sheriff Lewis were in like a gay relationship, and someone threw out that uh, he had put. Nathan Lewis had put Tom's body through a wood chipper, which I mean, that's dramatic. Um, Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's anything to that. It's just one of those things that, yeah, gets like blown up. Um, Mm -hmm. But I mean, 
there, there was a little bit more to, um, maybe Tom's sexuality again, like, like Margaret's that they, and I mean, there wasn't really evidence, but him like breaking up with his girlfriend and like, I don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, um, they ended up doing a polygraph test on Penny, um, the PI Klein and the sheriff, Nathan Lewis and Penny's like for Penny, and Nathan Lewis, they said, like, maybe they failed, more so, like, it was inconclusive, and Klein definitely passed, which I don't dislike Klein, because I think he had anything to do with it, I just think he's, like, very cocky, and, like, I think... Into himself. Yeah, and he's, like, throwing out theories, like, yeah, not on a whim, but I don't know, I don't know that I feel like, I think he just wants to be the one who solves it, so he's, like, putting something out there, so people Mm -hmm. believe him, um, so over two years pass and really it's just like speculation all they have they have the car um the backpack and the phone so then um in january of 2019 they find his skull uh and it was 12 miles from his phone and um a guy thought it was what did he think it was but he he saw it like kind of in like the brush Mm -hmm. um a police officer and he realized it was skull um so they did an autopsy and it was inconclusive on the manner of death so they still they don't really know how he died Um, because they still don't have his body right 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 all they have is is his skull and um so kind of like that whole year goes by and they really they really don't know they they only have these pieces of evidence um so then in November of 2019, Sheriff Nathan Lewis was like basically forced to resign um, because all of the rumors around surrounding him and kind of the fact that he wasn't able to solve this case was really like, um, what do I want to say? Like he was forced to resign to like keep up appearances of the Sheriff's Department. Like they were under yeah. such To show like they were actually doing something, doing something. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and they weren't, like, covering for their officer. Mm-hmm. Um, so he resigned, and the podcast ends with Klein's, like, final theory was that Tom drove to their high school parking lot the um, night before Thanksgiving, and at least one person came up behind him, shot him in the head, disposed of his body, and then cleaned out the car, and then, like, drove it and dropped it, like, at the water plant. But Skip Hollinsworth says that, like, every time he tells this theory, he adds new details or, like, changes things. And so you can tell that Skip is kind of, like, skeptical, too, because he's yeah. like, okay, every, every time he tells me this, like, something is different. Which, yeah. I mean, like, as time goes on, like, things can be added or subtracted to a theory yeah, based it, on, like, what yeah, they know. Yeah, and it's gonna, things are going to evolve, you know, like, once... Yeah. 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 So, I mean, kind of the last theory that Klein gives out is that, like, some kids um, were messing around and didn't realize, like, the gun was loaded and they, like, put it up to Tom's head and, like, shot it and, like, didn't realize there was actually going to be a shot and um, so, like, killed him on accident. And the kids' parents kind of covered it up with the help from the law enforcement so he thinks it's kind of like a combination of like the 
the kids and parents and law enforcement, which were kind of like all theories um, to begin with. Um, and so they think it, it was covered up. So, I mean, that's kind of where it ends too. And it's a little which bit. I don't like his, any of his theories. I think, I don't think they're like. Yeah, I don't, I don't think. Um, like, I just don't ever think things here. are like that random. Do you know what I mean? Like a killing is never going to be like, like for it to be random, it's like, is very rare. So I'm always like, it's gotta be somebody like close like yeah and I feel like if the if law enforcement was really involved like they would cover it up better like to leave his car not too far and then to leave his phone right there and like I don't know I don't I don't think I don't imagine a kid doing it and I don't know I don't know I don't like the theories either but I don't I don't have like my own. Like I don't. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what what could have happened because. Yeah, and I don't think like I don't think it was a suicide because if it's a suicide, like they they usually always find like the body. You know, and, like yeah, you can't and, like the like, skull would not be detached from the body and like yeah. his car. Like, why would he like park his car and walk somewhere to do it? And you know, his friend had said, <clears throat> "Sorry." His friend had said <laughs> that they had made plans for the next day to get mm-hmm. together. And typically you don't, you don't make plans for the future when mm-hmm. you're planning mm-hmm. something like that. Um, yeah, I so. think, I don't know. I definitely think, I don't, I don't really have a theory, but I definitely think it's got to be like somebody close, like whether it's the mom or, yeah. which I don't, why would them, I don't know what the mom's um, motive. motive would be. Yeah. The only one I feel like that might have a true, like a real motive would be the, sheriff like if they were in a relationship yeah Yeah. and he didn't want that to get out um but i don't know it's yeah it sucks because they're just saying there's not much but i did see there was an up new episode yeah so i did listen to the new episode um and there wasn't anything new i think i made let me see i think i made a note on the new episode but it didn't it didn't give any additional information that was yeah it sucks like that this kid just like went missing i know and they and it bothers me too that they can't find the body i know um and it like i don't know i just i get so caught up with like his because if the truck if he was like killed in his car how is it so clean and like i don't know yeah it's just it's weird it's a weird case mm-hmm. it's very suspicious yes and i think how many episodes is it i don't think it's quite as long um, yeah i don't think it's as many as they're gone south i don't know i don't, have, I don't, I don't know but I, I don't think i think it was only a handful but it's yeah. um yeah it's definitely one of those cases that if you like the ones that have an ending. <laughs> this one does not have an ending yeah, at this all. This one it's keeps like you wondering. I it, like after I listen to it, I, I continue to think about it, and I'm like, what? What happened? So, yeah. Sorry, I keep yelling. Okay, <laughs> more caffeine. <laughs> the weather here in Nashville is not good. I it's, know um, we are recording over so. video because uh, we were afraid to go too late into the evening because we might get snow. We just got some. Yeah, so, I don't know. So, we'll be doing this again tomorrow. But, yeah, so those are two good 
shows mm-hmm. that are definitely, I mean, yeah, they don't have like a resolution, but they're very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Tom Brown's body is, um, I heard, I was listening to my favorite murder and they were actually talking about it recently and about I how they had just to listened too. to it. And I'm, I was like, how have y'all not heard that already? But they do have their own podcast, so they probably don't have as much time on their hands to listen to a bunch of different, like we do. But, um, so yeah. And speaking of my favorite murder. Good shows. I was at Trader Joe's, was it the other week? And um, there was a car in the parking lot and their license plates was SSDGM. And I was like, it's gotta be. They have to be murderinos because... (laughs) <laughs> what else can that be? So, yeah, exactly. Or it could just be random. Yeah, that would be a maybe coincidence. not. A, that would be a coincidence. Um. So, anyways, so yeah, we that's it for our um our shows. Some yeah. good good content. Uh, one product recommendation that I had um was this <laughs> is so it's kind of nerdy, but uh. Jake and I have been watching lots of movies. He's been watching movies, and I sit on the couch and work because I'm not the biggest movie person. But he got a light for the TV where, like, behind it, you know, like, you feel like you're in a movie theater, but it has a camera, so it watches, like, the TV and takes the colors and, like, puts those same colors behind the TV. So it's very cool. So if you're, like, love to just be a couch potato and watch whether it's, crime tv shows or movies or you know um series like i know sam and i watch lots of tv um doesn't even have to be crime related but yeah it's really i don't even know what it's called we got off amazon but yeah i was gonna ask where you got it amazon it's really cool though it's got i like never would think of the camera and you think it kind of you think it's gonna look weird that there's like something hanging off the tv but it really doesn't yeah so yeah if you're um into that experience check that out and then another thing that got recommended to me was a sherlock holmes game which sam and i don't know anything about it but it seems to be something similar to hunt a killer but apparently it's like harder like much harder that's good so you and i need to try it out and see like how good our detective skills actually are do you know how many people you need to play does it have to be a group i don't i know i think it can be two Okay, good. Because um, we don't have friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just two. Okay. So we can do, that. yeah. So we need to check that out and review it and see what we think and see how good our true crime detective skills are. I would hope that we have come. I wish that you could like get an education through podcasting and be like, I'm ready to be a detective. <laughs> yeah. I've done my hours of yeah, listening. Exactly. exactly. Um, so yeah, that's something that Sam and I are going to check out. So if you've played it before, yeah. any of her 30 listeners, if you want to let us know, <laughs> tell yeah, us about it. Review to come probably. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all oh. I've got for nothing. I don't have anything good. I just had a product. Yeah, I don't have, I've been doing puzzles lately, which I kind of usually always have a puzzle going. Um, I just got my COVID booster shot and I (laughs) felt like I was dying this morning, but I'm better now. Um, What else do I have? I didn't, I didn't prepare things or, um, but 
That's okay. For tomorrow. I'll have one tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to do another episode tomorrow. We're trying to catch up because we've been out for, I guess we had our last one was our um, Christmas, our very red Christmas episode. So we took a little bit of a break, but you know what? It seems like a lot of podcasters are taking breaks. So we're just doing what like all the popular podcasters are doing. I mean, you guys were taking a break from listening because if you were like off work or with your family (laughs) and stuff, like you probably weren't sitting around listening to podcasts. So exactly. um, So we know what we're doing here. Yeah, that was, that was strategic. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. Well, I think that's all I've got. All right. Well, till tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, Sam. Bye, Ashton. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.